Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Dr. Kidd, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. Finally. Feels, Here we are. I always it always feels like too long. Just, <laughs> it always there's does. There's just right? so many movies. I want to get I want to get thoughts of them off my chest. Oh man. Well, we're here to talk about movies, so uh, oh, you're in luck. Thank goodness. <laughs> I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Uh, this is a movie podcast. Yes. We are here to talk about a new movie. Very new. Uh, still in the theater when we saw it in the second run, Third yeah, Street, just where we hit do second run. Um, I also saw it first run. You okay? So I'm supporting this movie. Weird brag. But, uh, no. <laughs> That's right. I go to movies. Uh, this was a good one. Uh, Gretel and Hansel. I love this one. This is, I mean, if you've heard me talk about other 2020 movies, I guess it's not <laughs> a huge thing to give it when I say it's my favorite 2020 movie. When it's up against The Turning and The Grudge. Like, you know, but the weird thing is, on IMDb, its ratings are kind of way closer to a movie like The Turning mm. or The Grudge yeah, it's than only an like, actual good horror movie. It's only got like a 5.4 That's really on low. IMDb, which is there's pretty some, middle of the road. There's yeah. trash in the sixes. <laughs> so if you're at 5.4, that means a lot of people really disliked this. Mm. But I was into it. I was I, into it too, yeah. I was hooked in for all of it. I'm a big fan of uh, the the grim fairy tales growing up. Yeah, but it hasn't really led to a ton of good movies. No. Not a lot of grim has been represented well. Like, that's the worst (laughs) Terry Gilliam movie. I was honestly trying to think of why earlier today I was thinking about that. Because, yeah, I was going back like, yeah, yeah, I I like reading the Gretel and Hansel stuff. Or Hansel and Gretel should translate. But I, I think everyone tries to modernize it or hippify it or make it cool in a way <laughs> that it was never supposed to be cool. Right. So I really like that this one keeps it uh, old school. This one felt like doesn't try an to, actual uh, uh, representative of like a fairy tale right. without getting too otherworldly uh, in all of the aspects. Right. I, this one was... Uh, I liked the blend. A good grounding mm-hmm. to begin. Yeah, we're, we're back in the Dark Ages, seemingly... Hundreds of years ago. Yeah, when I, I was thinking about this too, like what kind of good or grim... could be like a hundred years ago. Honestly. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's set in a world without technology, mm-hmm. so who knows? Uh, but yeah, I was just trying to think of other grim type tales that were actually told because I I disliked the Brothers Grimm very much. Right. Uh, You're not alone. I I was not a fan. Maybe there's a different cut. You know, who knows? It's Gilliam, but not not from what I've seen. But it's not really grim per se. But over the garden wall, that'll be a that'll Mm. be one worthy. That has just grim in every single little feature, without being an actual right. Yeah. Now I'm struggling to think of any movies that were directly from uh, grim fairy tales, but. This one's got it all. It's got the witches. It's got uh, the kids lost in the forest eating the psychedelic I, mushrooms. I uh, loved every choice they took. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's not a quick movie, even though it's only eighty-seven minutes. We were talking uh, about 
Oz Perkins. You've seen all of yeah. his movies. Yes, uh, it turns out I have. Well, or at least the, the two other features before this, yeah, that sure. he directed, which is he did. I'm the sure the Black Coat's Daughter, which I have seen. He did the Black Coat's Daughter in 2015, and I Am the Pretty Thing that Lives in the House in 2016. I think right. that one was direct to Netflix. Oh, that was like a Netflix thing. Okay, maybe I even Black Coat's Daughter I too. Seen it. I don't know. No, Black Coat's Daughter played theater? festivals. Okay, it played like Beyond Fest and places like that well, under a, a different I name. think a Netflix movie can play a fest right uh, maybe I don't know but, but uh, yeah so yeah. <laughs> you've seen his you celebrate his entire work but you said I, ce- uh, <laughs> I celebrate the man's entire catalog <laughs> but you said you know oh yeah he uh, he does slow because you said I'm yes, a pretty thing is slow that one is a little almost too slow for me it's a haunted house movie which I like but I, I don't like haunted it, house movies it, so that's uh, a bad sign it took too long to get there but uh the Black Coat's Daughter, I, I quite liked. Yeah, I did um, that too. It's very mysterious. It's girls at a boarding school. Mm-hmm. It's got some cool devilry kind of stuff going on. Yeah. So I, 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 I loved the two girls they cast yeah. as the leads. Like, oh, great, great yeah. vibe throughout the whole movie. So And so I like his uh, brand of slow from what I've seen, but this was probably my favorite use of it. Uh, I didn't find it uh, slow at all. It was very methodical. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of conversations in it. Slow conversations. So felt like they were going for that Terrence Malick thing. There's a lot of like at the <laughs> table, back and forth, yeah. where there's not a lot of action on screen. It's just two characters looking at each other. Yeah. But he gets uh, good actresses to play that, and uh, I think he is able to hold the tension and, and hold your so. hold your attention in this one uh, quite well. Yeah, I was always. Uh, attentive throughout this one and i liked that kind of simmering that he puts in there Mm -hmm. and i love the delivery and you know i think the movie was kind of falsely i think we've said this about other things but kind of falsely billed as horror i think it's dark fantasy Mm. whether that i could see that doesn't sell or not and horror is easier to sell i don't know because horror there's nothing scary in the movie Mm -hmm. but it's scary uh, <laughs> elements it, it's uh it's got the well i kept thinking of the vivage watching this because yeah that's witch, another sure, old-timey sure, sure. witch movie but uh that one definitely has more horror elements but i could see what you're saying here it's it's not exactly a kid's movie or fantasy but there it's not uh, really horror though there is definitely the um the mystery element yeah but uh yeah they don't really go for too much horror until maybe right at the end there. Yeah, that's definitely a horror visual, mm-hmm. but it I don't know, the, but the movie wasn't presenting the horror visuals in a horror movie kind of way. It could have. A couple of t- uh, turns I thought were going to take, like when she starts seeing figures in the woods. Mm. You know, I kept waiting for the slow to suddenly be a rushing figure, you know, but it didn't take those horror turns. It right. kept it as more uh, fantasy elements. And that was a cool thing for me. I was, it was a pleasant surprise. I li- I think I like that more than if it was, you know, a horror Hansel and Gretel. Well, and uh, maybe I was going into this thinking they were going to do the hip thing with it, especially when you're changing Hansel and Gretel to Gretel and Hansel. You're thinking, you know, here we go. You know, we're going to yeah. turn this one on its head, folks. <laughs> this isn't your grandma's Gretel and Hansel. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those where you're just like right sure. off the bat, like, oh, boy, are we going to just, you know. Yeah. And and I know people that thought of, thought it was going to be more like, uh, you know, the curse of La Llorona, but like this, like a bad jump, jump scare 
ghosts suddenly behind you rushing and screaming but never actually touching you. Right. Those kind of movies that are just half. Probably if I had known this was a a, a Perkins picture, I, I would have pick. gone into it. No, but I actually did not know. I knew nothing about it. It was that's, uh, that thing. That is my way. I knew nothing about it either. Um, first thing I noticed was that uh, it stars Sophia Lillis. Uh, I knew she was right in. off the bat. That, I, was like, I did knew that, and I, like, hey, I love her. It's that girl from It. I love her. I I celebrate her entire. Week. <laughs> I'm gonna eventually see Nancy Drew and the book of mysteries or whatever it is oh boy i'm gonna see it and she's probably great she's, she's probably great. great in it sharp objects i think she made the first it as good as it was mm. i think she was the driving force behind that i think she was so that was such a great on-screen blow up for me she was so important to that movie so right from that that's when i was just seeking her out mm-hmm. and yeah sharp objects was cool she was great in it too and now this, it's like, well, jeez. She's got that new Netflix show. Right. She's that, got something coming out with some superpower cool. thing going on. Yeah. She's so. really great. And I dug the casting of her mm-hmm. in this. It's a really nice feature for her. And she's the whole movie. I mean, every scene of this movie is is her. She's in this thing for probably 95% of the scenes. She's Gretel, man. Yeah. You know, first name in the title. Um, she's kind of the surprised one. they didn't just call it Gretel. Gretel. Well, you got to have Hansel. Sure. You know, there's I no, guess. there's, you know, it's yin and yang, you know. Hansel but was a kid holding her back. The Well, this was a new kid, but he was really good too. Samuel Leakey or something. Uh, yeah, this is the young feature? Hansel. That, as far as I can tell, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was he was That's quite a bold good. move. I like directors that are gonna take that kind of move. So I'm talking about the all the vibes we thought we were gonna get from this movie. Mm-hmm. What I was not expecting in the best way is what we got because it ended up being this mixture of well, it immediately starts with these like holy mountain Jodorowsky kind of visuals. Mm. You know that that pyramid uh, frame that the witch up on the cliffside is in. Oh, yeah. That's straight up Holy Mountain. There's some freaky stuff, stuff you know? in this movie. Yeah. So, right out really the gate, cool. it felt more like Midsummer or, uh, yeah, Jodorowsky. And then I was getting strong Mandy vibes. I was going to say Cosmatos. Yeah. Definitely yeah. got a Cosmatos vibe mm-hmm. in that uh, the, the architecture. And the forest and, and all of that that was going on oh, yeah. big time. The look of the, the eventual witch's house. And I was getting like up. a Ben Wheatley kind of vibe. Yeah, uh, I get that too. Especially um, something like uh, the Field in England movie, you know, that black oh, and Oh, it has one. A, a real similar kind of drift. Yeah. Uh, just like that. So already, my impressions within five minutes, I'm already just associating it with stuff that is mm-hmm. like some of my favorite kind of thing. And... Then it hits this point where, have you seen a movie called Valerie and Her Week of Wonders? I s- it's now a Criterion uh, release. I, I saw it uh, projected on the side of a concert once. What? <laughs> That's the one time I've seen it. Up in Portland, they were playing it at a show. And I was like, what the hell is that <laughs> that they are playing up there? And somebody said that. That's what it was. Wow. So I... There you go. I've seen it. You you've seen stuff I've, from it. I've I've seen the visuals, so I know that much. It's a least. really similar story to that, and that was you know that story of kind of burgeoning womanhood mm-hmm. through a fairy tale, and it was 
very much Valerie in her Week of Wonders, and so already I'm like, man, this is this is hitting with some pretty pretty big fish mm. right now, and you know, and I was, uh, man, talk about going in five minutes in already be into it. Plus, it's got that Barry Lyndon natural lighting, so it's like all these movies that I was getting cues from are like good movies to be compared to. Yeah, kind of, and like, it holds up with kind of a lot of dark scenes, especially in the beginning. Yeah, where you yeah, just get the sense like of the one candle in the room that's lighting the whole room and the very somber mood. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's definitely a, a heavy movie throughout too. Yeah, and I think that was so much more of an interesting choice mm-hmm. than going just an outright horror like which which slasher <laughs> movie. I don't know. They could have made some bad turns and made this movie kind of junky. Well, you know, the original Hansel and Gretel, right? They come, they're, they're banished in the woods or they're mm-hmm. lost. They come across basically a gingerbread house. Yeah. Isn't it always in the story where the house itself is made of food? Yeah, that's what and I always they, got. And they're they eat eating the, the house. And they're eating the house and then they come in. And Everything's then they, food. Then they get kicked into the oven and they're eaten. That's that's how it goes, right? I think, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's the one. Well, this one, they, uh, yeah, they... I like the before we get to the house, we've got the psychedelic mushroom scene, yeah. where they find the literal Super Mario Brother mushrooms. I know they looked like little forest. cute clay animated mushrooms, yeah. just in the middle of this real world it environment. Yeah, it was like the red cap with the white dots. It's like, is that really what they look yeah. like? Well, I like how the movie progresses because we start in just bleak peasant times, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem magical in any way. Totally. You know, and then when she goes in for a job interview, then at least it seems like we're up to, you know, Downton Abbey mm-hmm. era. <laughs> you know, we're in more of a society. and But still not magical, still plausible. And everything as the movie progresses kind of gets slightly more magical. Especially, and I think that mushroom scene was important for that. Mm-hmm. Like that is through the looking glass. Very much so. Yeah. And, because and everything I, they encounter after that definitely is magical, yeah, and unexplainable, and uh, gets kind of freaky after that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I, I just love that uh, that turn. Mm-hmm. And this movie cost five mil. Mm. Isn't that? I mean, that's amazing. There's direct to Netflix movies that are costing way more than than five mil. Yeah. So to, so to be that economical. Yeah. And make it look like this. I was pretty impressed. Like, this movie has a great look and great vibe. Just, man, I was into it quick, and I thought it sustained. Mm-hmm. Well, I love when they get to the actual house of question. Yes, um, I loved the witch's house. It's this cool A-frame kind of house, very much like the, the temple in Mandy. Yeah. and Or the building at the end of the village in Midsummer. Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's painted, triangles. painted jet black. Yeah. And it's got this cool kind of amber glass in the windows. So all, all that natural light is turning into this like gold mm-hmm. uh, shadow and stuff on the walls. And then they could see in and see the food. And and, and from there, yeah, we kind of really get into the. Uh, I love the, the first the shot of, of the, uh, the long pan shot of this food. These kids have been wandering through the woods for days and days and days. They're hallucinating. Starving. That's why they ate the mushrooms because uh, they were starving and they took a chance. We get this weird scene with that mushroom scene of Gretel like talking really long mm-hmm. with the mushroom <laughs> to establish that she has this connection oh, with yeah. the world. That's right. You know, so she's just having this really long 
pretty formal conversation with a strange mushroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, really throwing a lot of commas into her run-on sentences to flowerly uh, drape these mushrooms with compliments. Yeah. And I'm just thinking if anybody's there thinking they're walking into a horror film, at this point they're just like, what the? What is <laughs> what's happening right here? You know, like, you know there's some teens somewhere that are like, new uh, new horror movie. They have no idea what Hansel and Gretel oh, is. Oh, they thought it was going to be the cool, like, wow, <laughs> Gretel. <laughs> and they, yeah, they get in and it's I like, would see that. Play. Hello, Mr. Mushroom. I would see Guitar Rock, Gretel. Are you, are you a tasty mushroom or are you a, a poisonous mushroom? Yeah, I loved all the the slow, You're like what yeah. non regional dialect that was used in the movie. It's like yeah, you can tell that yeah, they could have been in New England or in Germany. Yeah, either I way, just love every so. But for that's all not the too wrong, important, right? Like, no, all in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, but I just like that uh, you know. Also, before they get to the witch's house, mm-hmm. the one turn it does take to horror, which feels weird watching on retrospect, was a random, like, zombie that chases them out of a barn. Oh, and then the huntsman saves and them. And the huntsman yeah, saves yeah. them. Where'd the zombie come from? That was, uh, was, was that not just like a vagabond uh, villain? He could have been. A, a just, bum. I don't know. The guy yeah. looked like he was a science experiment. <laughs> they didn't really tell me about this guy. You lived a rough life out there. Yeah. I don't know. That's the kind of inhabitants of this world. Cool huntsman, though. He's a cool huntsman. I like the it's huntsman. He's a good, strong guy. For a guy that's only going to be in a movie for five minutes. Mm-hmm. That's I, I kind of like that feeling of drifting deeper and deeper into something. Because there's a lot of characters in this flick that we see them in their one scene. Mm-hmm. Then we like there's we don't jump back to anybody really. Right. We see their mom once. I was gonna we say the guy, like the mom at the beginning is like you gotta go. And <laughs> yeah, that's about it. You're out of here. Mom never has a change of heart and comes looking for them or anything. Right. Yeah. They are on their own. So it's such this. It's once you notice it in the movie, it's you realize no. This is not a regular thing in a movie to see, like, here's this character, and you're never seeing him again. Mm-hmm. Here's the next person, you're never seeing them again. <laughs> like, you're just establishing relationships with people you'll never meet again. Every other movie will set something like that so you know they're coming back at a certain point. Of course. Not this one. This movie just is constantly getting deeper and deeper into some unknown. And those vibes were hitting me, especially the second viewing. When mm-hmm. I saw it with you. We saw it... Uh, Couple days ago at the we Third did. Street, at the at the Bargain Theater, at the uh, the the uh, theater without the heat, sitting damn close pretty to the close. screen. <laughs> it was a pretty close, <laughs> pretty close seat choice. Everybody was so obnoxiously positioned, just perfectly apart that you didn't want to be right next to. Right, and, right. I know what you mean. So yeah, but so second time through soaking this in, oh, it it's definitely stock rising hmm. for me. Like this is. This is over exceeded all expectations. So we get to the witch's place. Yeah, yeah. Here's a, where here's where I really sat up in my seat because I love. <laughs> yeah, I heard the shift in. The, I mean, okay. Yeah, I was okay. like, here we go, finally. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm a big witch fan. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I just like when they're involved in things yeah. in movies like this. And witches are great. This one, like I uh, said earlier, has got given the old school treatment. This is a true like. You know, 18th century yeah. legend. You, you described her witch. house, that pitch black house. Yeah. Something so unnerving. This all black house 
in the middle of an already kind of dark forest. Mm-hmm. Who's painting their house black? It's such a <laughs> such a boss move. And those and she's and, dressed all in black and and this is where so this witch woman is such a bizarre character with the weirdest line reads and just funny and kind of scary and unnerving delivery. I had no idea who she was mm-hmm. until the credits hit and you flipped out. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I was the same way. I did not recognize this witch. Loved her the whole Loved time. Loved her the whole time, yeah. Uh, had a very kind of seductive quality, even though she's a, an old, you know, spinster old type witch, witch woman. who wants to be alone. Um, but yeah, it turned out to be none other than Alice Krieg. Who has been talked about before on this podcast. She's come up before. Uh, she was the incestuous uh, <laughs> sleepwalker mom yes. in Sleepwalkers, the Stephen King movie from Which the early 90s. Which is great. 90s. Go listen to the Sleepwalkers and, episode and watch Sleepwalkers. And she's amazing in it. She is. And, and that was kind of my introduction to her. You mm-hmm. you knew her from uh, Star Trek First Contact. Uh, yes. I also was a fan of her as the Borg Queen in Star Trek First Contact. She's great in that. Sounds good. She's, Sounds like I she's might... under a lot of makeup, so she's uh, relatively unrecognizable. I might have to watch First Contact so she's... we can do the episode. It's a pretty good movie. And get this triplicate of Krieg. And then I actually uh, discovered looking her up. She's been in like, she was in like one of the Thor movies. Oh, wow. Um, but then she was also in a ghost story back in the early 80s, um, which is a cool movie that had all these old-timey actors like. Oh, was that with Fred Astaire? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that. Yeah. Wow. That's an interesting So she has movie. been doing genre work for all through her career. She is a uh, she was in the Sorcerer's Apprentice, uh Solomon Kane. So she's been in good stuff and bad. Yeah. Um but man, yeah. It was it's one of those where you This see- is like this is now the moment where you realized how much you are an Alice Creek fan, right? Like this movie <laughs> exactly. was it, right? Well, I was just going to say it's like why is she not yeah, Ghost Story uh, in 81. Why is she not in the conversation of like, I didn't know the her. heroines of horror, yeah. you know? Honestly, I, mean, I didn't even know her name until we watched Sleepwalkers, and that was within the year. Mm-hmm. And she's been doing it. And I, I know some deep-cut actors, and she's been hiding in plain sight, apparently. It's not like she does super small pictures. No. But, yeah, I didn't know the name until we saw Sleepwalkers, and then I'm... I was all she was on my board, and yeah. now it's just like I gotta start seeking this woman out, guys. You gotta do it, Alice Krieg. She's great. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of Trekkies know her already. Sure. So she's she's gotta got her it. due, I'm gotta sure. Do first contact, but so. uh, man, that's a good one. Um, she's great. She is just the perfect old timey witch. Mm-hmm. She's got the perfect kind of like uh, gaunt face, cowl and she's, gaunt face. Yeah, she's kind of always thing. kind of wrapped up in clothes, so she's looking really skinny and. But she's, they, but she has these magnificent spreads of food. I loved whoever did the food makeup. Oh yeah, for this movie, the food props. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a person that does it, and there's oh. probably a person that's well regarded above the the rest. This was such a great set of movie food because it looked not quite like food we eat. <laughs> Like, right. it's all unfamiliar designs and patterns and preparation and uh, presentation. It, it, it's not quite like the Lost Boys imaginary food in Hook. That's like... Oh, sure. Like Jello pastries and stuff. But it's almost like that. That's a good... That's actually, actually that's a good <laughs> comparison. 
It like looks like it could be not food. Yes. But it also could be food. Yeah. But like, it, that I don't could know. be tart or just a weird, gross, black slop. Yeah. Like, we don't know. Well, it also, it, a lot of those kind of pastry looking things reminded me of what you see them try to make in the like British Bake Off shows. Yeah. Like all these really old timey like fluffer tart and uh <laughs> sure. Yeah, we get a layers we get just like platters of like old quaint desserts. Yeah. And then other ones that's just like, oh yeah, it's just a bowl of peeled plums <laughs> just sitting in a bowl of plum juice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The big old bowl of wet plums that people serve. So it's like normal food served in weird ways. (laughs) And it just read so weirdly gruesome. Uh, It kind of reminded me of the... Did you ever watch Dexter? Oh, yeah. I watched like until it got bad, and then I cut it off like a tick. God, I think I saw not the last season, but up until that. Yeah, Yeah, we cut it off. You saw the Lithgow season. Yeah, and then stopped. And so I loved the the opening credits for Dexter, which is super close-ups mm. of normal things and making them seem like violent acts, like tightening floss around your finger totally. or cutting a grapefruit. And uh, and I was getting the same vibes with this food. Like, this food is normal but also offensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something offensive about it. Well, also, when the kids are finally get to the food and they start eating, they're just tearing into it and... It's very animalistic, and so yeah, it's not the, when when uh, Sophia Lillis finally ate that tart. Right? How badly in that moment did you want some kind of tart? <laughs> it looked pretty good. The way that she devoured good. that thing, man. That one. Looked I was just good. like, this looks like the most incredible pastry. That one looked a, a real tasty. Yeah, but the it, way it, she was just like, <laughs> like ravenously devouring these pastries. These kids are starving, and just now. Uh, Getting full meat pies. And, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Very... Uh, uh, Fattening these little kids up. What's her name? Rooney Mara in uh, <laughs> Eating a Pie and a Ghost <laughs> oh, Story. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really just hands just shoveling in pie filling into your mouth while you're sitting on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, this was those kind of ravenous, gluttonous vibes. Right. So the movie kind of does these... It's really good at portraying these kind of small, gross excesses. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie's kind of indulgent in a lot of ways while being dark in other ways. Just such a cool tone that's better than horror. You know, like, it went for something slightly different, and it mm-hmm. just kept hitting all those notes with me. Well, eventually the witch is not exactly fattening them up, but uh, she's trying to get Gretel. As yeah. they, basically, her witch apprentice is kind of, kind of how I read it. Exactly. The movie so there's this cool, took a cool angle yeah. where they are they made Gretel older. Yeah, we didn't mention that, but that's a thing. Well, yeah. Usually, I think in the fairy tale, they're kids similar age. I think they're like twins in yeah, the fairy tale. There you go. But yeah, so she's the older sister taking care and of And this Hansel. one's more like 16, 17 years mm-hmm. old with like a nine or eight or nine year old. Right. So big brat. difference. And that's a cool choice. And I love the turn of the witch basically recruiting her because she has this power. Mm-hmm. She has this seeing power to connect with things. I didn't know we were going a whole... So <laughs> I saw this with you on Wednesday. Last night at the Bargain Theater, I saw Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. This is Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> it's the same story. Totally. They are trying to harness her Jedi powers... So that she can, like, 
be in control of the world. Exactly. Apparently, yeah, being a witch is being telekinetic. Yeah. And being able to move this things is with the your exact mind. Exact same. I'm watching the story. I'm like, this is the same movie I saw the night before. Right. Just with different aliens around. They them. actually have a whole scene that is her trying to pick up the broomstick like a lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's suddenly a Star Wars movie. Osgood. Set in <laughs> the weird Grimm's We just figured tale. out what this guy was yeah. doing here. I never would have put it together had I not spent two consecutive. No, it's it's totally a Star Wars. You made Wars a better story. Rise of Skywalker. You did with Gretel and Hansel. Yeah, you son of a bitch. You did it. Perkins <laughs> Crazy did it, son guys. Of a bitch did it. Perk did it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's the same thing. That's funny. Except one of them was two hours and twenty minutes, and the other was an economical eighty-five minutes. <laughs> hmm. And this one was fun. Um, yeah, she apparently can move things with her mind and communicate yeah. like that. And Didn't know we were getting a whole telepathic the witch side is of things. Trying to bring that out in her, and there's this whole underground area, which that was my favorite part. That was when great. She discovers the kind of trap door thing, the trap door cooking basement. Yeah, into the into the the kiln. It great, was like uh, a giant just furnace. Great staircase shot. Great shot there. Great great staircase reveal into this cool like white bricked. Yeah, inner room. I know when Very I cool when I make my basement, I'm gonna have like a staircase that's just fifty narrow ass steps mm-hmm. straight down into it, like no switchbacks, just a big old long straight fifty stair staircase. Yeah, down into it. I really want to be getting a calf burn <laughs> whenever I need to go down to my my furnace. It looks great though. <laughs> It's good. People complain when they have to walk down it, but then when they're in it, they're like, all right, this does look really good. Well, because, yeah. Because you did make a good stylus. Why'd you make choice. it so deep? Yeah. 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 <laughs> did not have to go 50 feet down. We could have really done 20 feet. Yeah. That would have been fun. <laughs> and, and I thought the movie accomplished all these kind of scenes really well within a PG-13 environment. Mm-hmm. That's a tough skill. Uh, admittedly, when a movie, a horror genre kind of movie is announced and it's PG-13 instead of R, I do have a knee-jerk kind of, uh, you well, know, yeah. it just means there's limits. But that, again, that, that again reinforced my, like, here we go, a PG-13, Griddle yeah. and Hansel, you know, it's like, oh, they're going to be punk rock. Because was, wasn't there even, like, a Gretel and Hansel, like, witch hunters, like, Wait, thing, oh, really? know, a couple of years ago? Maybe that, maybe <laughs> that was, know. like... Maybe that was like an asylum release or something. Yeah, or like a cool pitch idea that you never, oh, man, never sounds, gave up. I feel like there was a Hansel and Gretel like you could be right. Twenty year old like Taylor Lautner like <laughs> bow hunting uh, witches. <laughs> Maybe right. Maybe if not. Wasn't that like Hollywood, more of a was that like me. a Red Riding Hood thing? There was probably something like yeah. that with her. Yeah. So, so yeah, so you see the PG thirteen, and it is kind of like okay. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And there's been good PG-13 in the last couple of years. I've loved Happy Death Day. Uh, underwater, we just saw as PG-13. You know, it's doable. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's good. And this hits the edges of that mm-hmm. in the best ways, uh, I think. Uh, I, I'm, I was really impressed with what they were able to get away with. A lot of more relying on creepy and visually off-putting imagery rather than absolute gore. That totally. would have gotten them an R. That's you know, like I said, the unsettling nature of the food, mm-hmm. and we see it even worse during one of uh, Gretel's dreams. Gretel keeps having these dreams the second they stay at these houses. I thought the dreams were all handled cool. 
that was more of our horror aspect mm-hmm. were, the, were her dreams. That's really the only taste after our random zombie. And I loved all the dream angles because it played as pretty stark horror. I love that visual of the first time we see the young witch mm. who materializes like out of an, out of like a grease puddle, mm-hmm. a black dark oil puddle. That was a really cool effect. She kind of came it? out of it like a T one thousand. Yeah liquid metal five million dollar budget that's one of the cooler looking visuals i've seen yeah i thought i loved that how it became her cowl and dress as she rose up that was cool and not what i was expected so the movie kept surprising me in those kind of like you know the different notes it kept uh hitting well and like it would it obviously i mean the thing that i was remembering while you were saying that was the way that it hinted at and showed you that this witch is a child killer who's done this many times before. And yeah. you've got the spirits of the kids uh, in the forest that she can see. And you've got the witches in the forest. The way that they did those like witches in the background, mm-hmm. kind of, like you said, they kind of just surround the frame a little bit. Just a really a good way to get kind of the hair on the back of your neck yeah, going yeah, yeah. without it necessarily having to hit you over the head it, with it. Like you, you mentioned something like this earlier, but it kept it established a a little level of tension, and kind of maintained that level mm-hmm. through these different moods. You kept kind of, I don't know, I kept finding myself kind of not afraid of what was going to happen next, but the feeling of something or anything could happen any minute, right? You know, like it really kept this mm-hmm. edge of seat, subtle vibe going the mm-hmm. whole time. That ugh. It was really good. And yeah, then we get this final showdown that was straight out of something like Hereditary or, you know. <laughs> it goes, it, 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 knew, it, it The goes movie has really good influences. Yeah. And it takes the best stuff from its influences. Mm-hmm. Not to take away anything from Perkins, who's obviously shown he's a good filmmaker, but it's smart to have good influences. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's good. Well, he doesn't... I mean, this movie doesn't exactly... Uh, yeah, it reminds you of so many other things in various moments, but it's never pulling from something else no. in a way that feels like it's stealing or No, or, it never uh, feels derivative of another movie. Right. It feels like it just knows which elements are strong and which would make it better. And so it just takes the, you know, the smart stuff and implements it mm-hmm. into its world. But yeah, they go for it at the end. You get the big showdown... The the big scenes between Gretel and the witch were some highly good shit. <laughs> the uh, these little battles of wits mm-hmm. that they've they're kind of in from the very beginning. I love the way Gretel constantly stood up to the witch mm-hmm. the whole time. Like every scene, she she always stayed her path, and I really liked that presentation of it. I really liked that character right and so the but yeah but the scenes between them were all like what is what is happening here Mm -hmm. what is about to happen here yeah they they were very interesting because you could tell each one was trying to get something out of the other one and they were both hitting the wall every time which is important i'm so happy you said that because it hits really early when she says you know nothing you know uh, oh, geez, I'm going to butcher it. Don't worry. But basically, you can't take without giving. Right. You know, right. there's there's a give and a take. And so, like you said, 
they're both trying to get something out of the other, and the other doesn't want it taken. Mm-hmm. And so it movie kept – I love a movie that can establish its themes early and then keep hitting those themes, showing the – yeah, we can make this story and stay on our own course. Mm-hmm. It shows you just such a professional picture, and ugh, it just makes everything click for me. And so, yeah, those scenes were, I don't know, intense. Definitely. And then at the end, it does pay off because they finally go head to head and uh, it doesn't feel unearned or anything. No. It's not like Captain Marvel where she just gets the powers. You kind of get the sense of her having this thing in her. But it does kind of, it's funny because the end does get a little bit like uh, Firestarter. Like they're just kind of staring at each other and yeah the, the battle of the mental powers yeah when ray is confronting emperor palpatine <laughs> at the end exactly and they're just you know staring at each other and it's like yeah it's the straight all up. the force ghosts in the back <laughs> yeah man this movie is rise of skywalker <laughs> except it cost five million instead of 200 million all the younglings yeah of course <laughs> one of them made a billion dollars in the other uh yeah the other probably cleared 40, which is great. Hey. But uh, yeah, it really did go into full Firestarter, <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. And I kind of like it for uh, for going there. I like the showdown. I like the, the oh, the two scanners are going at it. You yes, know, I love scanners, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or that other, uh, that, that De Palma movie from the 70s with where there's also like a mind control uh are you thinking Carrie, or are you thinking mm, like the Fury? The Fury, yeah, yeah, the Fury yeah, yeah. with Cassavetes, yeah, 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 yeah. That one with like you get the final showdown of the two people. Like it's such old comic book, and now it's even an old fairy tale. It's like the oldest story is apparently two people just locked in a stare down with like veins bulging, and like it's the best. And, and like Skywalker, she's got the broomstick on the side here, so I. If I'm remembering correctly, basically they're gonna cook Hansel. Yeah, you Hansel's gotta, getting eaten, and it's like you gotta, you want to be a witch, you gotta eat your brother, basically. Yeah, she's showing. Yeah, you have to eat your uh, your weaknesses. Yes, and he's your weakness. Mm-hmm. So she's gonna feed her. So his, uh, her brother. Yeah. So she's like not gonna do it, obviously, because that's her brother. No way. That's my bro. No way am I eating my brother, <laughs> she's like, witch. Not gonna do it. Yeah, and. <laughs> Movie had a lot of weird impressions. Full on, <laughs> full on, just like Skywalker, uh, force grabs the broomstick. Yeah, just like the lightsaber, and then just shoves it into the witch's neck. Yeah, that was it's a cool. Such bit. a Luke Skywalker. Spoiler it's alert! It's such a rise of Gretel the Skywalker. It's insane. Perfect. And it's on the the forest planet of Endor. I'm sure. But yeah, it's so <laughs> seeing them back to back, it's like, oh, this is definitely a Skywalker movie. Way more interesting. And I liked Rise of Because what is a Jedi if not a freaking witch? Yeah. That's They're all witches. Stuff Jedi's are witches, right people. There. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Midichlorians, man. It's the dark arts. It's the dark arts. They're <laughs> witches. But yeah, so you get the full Jedi ending yeah. to this movie. It does come down to Ray Palpatine. It's <laughs> crazy. And I like this one. You get a great burning witch scene Mm -hmm. you get the great reveal before that how perfect was that scene with the young witch who is like they found the greatest goth model in history yeah play that young witch by the way perfect perfect casting she's done other stuff she was in a recent uh pbs masterpiece theater 
well, series? She's, she's uh, well, her name is Jessica DeGau, Australian actress. She's in uh, a Dracula series and then hmm. The Crown and Vienna oh, okay. Blood. So Vienna she... Blood was the uh, the masterpiece. Oh, one. cool. But yeah, so, so oh, perfect. Small role. Mm-hmm. One scene, small role, but great casting. And when she, when Gretel has her dream, uh, where she finally sees how the food is prepared. Mm-hmm. I loved how they handle the food, not just in the visuals, but I love Gretel's immediate suspicions of the food. You know, we're in a famine right now. Right. No yeah. farmers are growing anything. I haven't seen any animals around for us to get these daily suckling pigs. Exactly. Nobody's uh, delivering any food. None of the food is spoiling. Mm -hmm. You even had the great exchange where she asked, like, where she says something like, plums only keep three days out of season. (laughs) She knows her shit, man. And the witch is like, and yet, here they are. So, (laughs) merp, (laughs) merp. Like I love how the yeah she's like well they're here are you gonna eat them or not yeah here's I'm offering you starving kids food so I'm taking off do what later you gotta do yeah and and so I love her constant distrust of this food that she's still consuming and uh, when we finally get to see how the sausage is made <laughs> I guess which is the young hot goth witch dumping out just a trash bucket full of guts and. <laughs> a very unexpected bit of gore in the yeah, middle of this. That's straight Cronenberg yeah. right there. We talked about scanners. That bucket of guts was some fleshy Cronenberg bullshit. Covered in, covered in goo. Just yeah. the slimiest, fleshiest foreign alien organs, you know? That right. Cronenberg thing where you're like, this shouldn't be offensive, but this is the <laughs> most disgusting, gross, pornographic thing I've seen. Like... Oh, it's just this table of slime that the witch then conjures into food. And it looked like we got some actual practical makeup effects during this food change. Mm. Because the woman pulls out a human arm and tops this pile of goo. And then she starts her ritual. Right. And I see the, like, arm doing this weird, like, like, fingers flexing. Like, it's this claymation medusa from clash of the titans and so i don't know that whole guts into food transformation just felt like a cool 1988 straight to video (laughs) visual effect kind of thing yeah and i dig that vibe definitely yeah all all these cool little bits here yeah you know and uh, movie was filled with it Mm -hmm. it really packed the for a movie that had so much slow dialogue and slow pacing it didn't skimp on actual cool moments Mm -hmm. it really kept those popping throughout uh i think just a total success one that i loved even more on on rewatch good yeah and i can't believe it it's at uh yeah we get this big showdown and becomes this big power of you know good versus evil that's the whole star wars thing it's mm-hmm. the dark side versus you know the rebellion <laughs> it's so ridiculous Ugh. and this is so much more cool <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you want to see a real Star Wars story, see see Gretel and Hansel. Gretel and Hansel, a but, Star Wars story. But it's this. Uh, I love how it finishes with her, just like Ray, not being able to trust herself. She now has so much power that she must go on her own, totally separate quest because she can't trust what she can do with this power. Yeah, she needs to right this ship, and so I love that the so. 
Hansel goes off on his own future woodsman training mm-hmm. story. The story forks at the end in this powerful battle. And I loved how they split them up. They didn't get it too, uh, I don't know, simpery. Right. They really made it seem like a... Kids were like tough. Like Hansel was a pretty tough kid, actually, yeah. for what he These was. These kids went through the shit. He was, you know, he complained about being hungry and stuff, but he was, uh, he was never like a whiny little brother. No, that you felt like was a huge burden. No, he kept up. Kids were tougher back then. Had to be. Whenever this Are you kidding had to me? be, it just released them into the woods. Yeah, like with nothing. Well, you can walk now. <laughs> time to time to be gone to the woods. Yeah, it's like a walkabout thing. Yeah, it's like come back when you're a man. Yeah. And there's all these illusions like, oh, be turned into a sex slave. <laughs> like, okay, well, we know the sex slave, oh, sex trade is thriving in this town. Don't go that way. Don't 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 go yeah. that way. Go go over Choose that, the that. right path, lest you be given to the like. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so. And so I love how it ends with her as this almost benevolent being. She'll be the good witch now. Yeah, who's exactly. now gonna kind of bring prosperity almost with that hint you know there's that it keeps in these two quick moments at the end alluding to a darkness that she might not have full mm-hmm. control over like she inherited this power when she was ready to take it but before she totally knows how to harness it she kind of had to rush her decision to harness this power oh yeah the 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 mood was dire her brother was going to get <laughs> cooked so she wasn't fully grown into the powers yet but that's a cooler ending than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a more powerful, uh, you know, theoretical, religious ending than I was expecting. It was cool. Got deep. Yeah, it got deep. And you can tell by the way they were forking this that they had hopes of it being some kind of huge success. Because mm. then you would get Gretel. You would get Hansel. Right. You think they were trying to do like a dark universe? Uh, Felt like they were going for a dark fantasy. They were going for universe. a grim, a grim franchise, maybe mm-hmm. happening. Felt like they were dipping their toes, and I think the movie made good money, but probably not enough. Well, if they can keep a budget at five million, mm-hmm. they can probably make a couple more sequels. Maybe on Netflix. Maybe you know? on Netflix. Yeah. So I don't know. I was into it. I I know a lot of people haven't seen it. I'm totally baffled by the five point four. IMDb rating. Maybe too slow for people. I mean, maybe people were upset that it was a little too uh, traditional in, in the old-timey setting. Yeah. I, too I, dark. I, I mean, it could be something as simple as too dark, and people are like, no. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't I, know. like I said, the natural lighting could could be off-putting to could people. That, it could, could make it come easy, off yeah. cheap, and the dialogue could come off too you know, masterpiece theater, or it just for the common crowd. It just being a genre movie that's released in, you know, late January, February. This is the dead maybe zone, man. People are just not gonna go out of their way to, uh, yeah, to to even give it. It's a, a shake, dead time of know? year, but I don't know. I'm baffled by the apparent hate for it. I would give it a high recommendation. Like I'm, it's not gonna be at the number one on my list by the end of 2020, but. It's probably going to be one of the higher genre movies. If we get genre movies at this level or better throughout the year, I'm going to be. We're going to have a lot of podcast content. Could be a good year, basically. yeah. Uh, if you like witches, I mean, if you like grim fairy tale stuff, you got to check it out. Yeah, it's 87 minutes, like you said. It's, yeah, you know, in and out. It's good value. Check it out, guys. It's Come good on. value for the time. Come on, I help would, us out here. Yeah, easily my favorite <laughs> movie of 2020. But like I said, there we go. wow, I've seen some trash. <laughs> But yes, it is still February. 
I think it. Uh, I think it came to this. It seems like it came to this. I think it yeah. came there. My nose is itchy. Uh, I'm, I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Uh, thank you for Thanks listening. Thanks for listening. Go see Gretel and Hansel. And we'll see you next time. Yes. <laughs>